Well, good morning to you, and it's so great to see you, and uh, man, it's just so exciting, and I know we just celebrate with the Moore family, and uh, seeing Catherine make that decision is just a great, great day for them, and I know they'll be excited to, uh, to speak with you guys after the service, and I just uh, congratulate them on that great step. But uh, hey, you know, I just want to make a couple of quick announcements to let you know. First of all, hey, if, you, uh, if you've been new or you've just been around for a little while, we would love the opportunity to get to know you. If you're if you say, man, I'm kind of ready to be known, you know, I've been kind of checking things out, but I, I'd like to say hi to somebody. Uh, there's a card in the back of the chair, it looks like this, just says belong on it. And if you'd fill that out and take it to the next steps area as soon as we get done in here, we've got a team in there, they've got a special gift for you, and we'd just love a chance to, to say hi. Of course, on the back of this card, if you've got prayer requests, please write these down. Our staff, we pray over these, uh, we send them out to our prayer team, and and uh, so if you've got one of those, you can uh, fill that out as well. And we're really excited because next weekend is Father's Day, which is really a cool day for us. We get a chance to let our hair down a little bit and celebrate dads. And so I hope that you will bring your dad or that if you are a dad, you bring the family or whatever. We're just going to have a great day. And, you know, it's, it's not one of those. I, I was talking to somebody a couple weeks ago. They said, you know, we always celebrate mothers Mother's Day is always like, oh man, aren't our moms great? And then Father's Day, it's like, don't we, we just get a lecture about how we need to do better? I said, that's not what we do. Uh, it's not going to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to come and hear three things I need to be doing better. We just want a chance to celebrate a little bit, let our hair down, have a good time. And we got some special, special surprises for you too. So I hope that you will make plans to be here next weekend. And also coming up in just a couple of weeks, we're going to be having a special work day here around the church. You know, there's a few things outside on the grounds that we need to take care of. And so if you're a person that's got a shovel or a weed eater or a chainsaw, we could use some help. We've got some things that just need to be taken care of. And if you'd like to be part of that day or maybe you've got some questions, well, what kind of projects are they? We've got a volunteer that'll be out on one of the vertical TVs in the lobby. Her name is Joni Hess. She'll be standing there and you'll see it says church work day. You can sign up, ask any questions that you may have. And uh, we just appreciate you being able to help us. That's on June 26th. And the following day, which will be a Sunday, we're going to have a special family fun day here at the church. So uh, we'll tell you a little bit more about that as it gets closer. But I hope that you'll plan on bringing the kids for that. And just looking forward to a fun summer where we can just celebrate again as a church. All the things that we didn't get to do last year that we're looking forward to, to being able to do again this year. Well, just to kind of give you a recap, the last few weeks... We've been in this series we call People Skills, and, and I hope that you've enjoyed it. It's been a lot of fun for me. We kind of look at the character of Jesus and who he is and what are, the, what are the things that makes him so unique and so irresistible because as we relate, and we, we're wired for relationships, and we thrive when we're in relationships with other people, and nobody does that better than Jesus does. And so that's been my goal the last five weeks is just kind of look at these different accounts, the different responses that Jesus had to people, and, and how can we grow in that? How can we be just a little bit better about that? And today we're going to talk about how do we deal with rejection, which is like, oh man, okay, kind of a bummer. But I, I see a lot of good stuff in here because this is the one thing I think that is a common human experience for all of us. We all know the sting of rejection and what that feels like. How can we be resilient in rejection? How can we have a little bit of thick skin? 
and just kind of kind of toughen up a little bit. And we know exactly, even if as I say the word rejection, you probably got a picture in your mind. It, for me, it, it always takes me right back to middle school. And, you know, oh, God forbid I would be the last person picked for the team. You know, no matter what it was, or, or you know, hey, I don't want to be your friend, or, oh, you know, and all those social relationships, they're all so important, and, you know, you can be 30 years later, and you're still thinking about the thing that that kid said to you that one time on the playground, and it still keeps you up at night, and it's like, but I'm like 40 years old right now, why am I still thinking about this? But it, you know it's still there, because that, that, that sting, that pain, and, and you, just, you just don't know what to do with that. It could be, you know, being turned down for the date. You know, hey, that person, I thought they were going to ask me to prom, but they didn't. Or it could be that you've long since been rejected by a family member. Or you got an email that says, hey, we regret to inform you. You know, we're not going to hire you for the job. We're going to go with a different candidate. Whatever. This is not something that we leave behind in school. We carry it through in, the, in our life. Re- rejection follow us or, follows us around. Unfortunately, it's very painful. I was studying a lot this past week about this, cause, uh, which is just, you know, just a super positive study. Look into, you know, rejection and all the things that it does to us. But it's interesting because, I mean, it really is. It's, it's the most painful human emotional experience that we can have. And most psychologists agree. I mean, it's the, it's the most traumatic, most painful thing that you can go through as a person. And it's interesting. You start looking at the brain and the way that things work. The, the, the emotional pain that uh, when we feel that, the neuropathways that it travels on in our, in our brain are the same neuropathways that physical pain travels down. So it literally, rejection literally hurts us. You, you feel it. And that's why I think so many of us, what we do is we... We avoid it at all costs. And we've got different strategies. All of us have, and that's what I kind of want to argue a little bit and to help us see is some of, what are some of the different strategies that we employ to try to avoid, try to wiggle around and, and get away from it. And many of us, we've dealt with rejection so long, we've, we've grown callous to it. Now, when I, was, when I was younger, like a teenager, me and some of my guy friends, we were and I don't know if anybody else ever did this, but we were, we, we were really stupid. And we kind of thought that if you, you know, the, the most terrifying thing when you're a 16, 17-year-old boy, you know, guy, teen, is to ask a girl out. That's the most daunting, like, oh, I just don't think I can do it. I mean, I can remember, you know, just, of course, and we didn't really, we didn't have text and stuff. We didn't really text a lot back then. So it was like, you had to actually physically call this person or see them face to face. You couldn't just fire off like this little, you know, cheater text, you know. You had, to, you had to man up. So we got this bright idea. We thought, you know, maybe if we get used to like being rejected a bunch. <laughs> that it'll be easier. So I can remember us going to the mall. Remember malls? And we would go, go to the mall. And, uh, and we'd be like, okay, we'd be sitting in the food court and we'd find the hottest girl that you could see. Be like, okay, there she is. Go ask that girl out. Get her number. And, you know, and we're like, no, 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 I'm not going to do it. But, you know, and then we're trying to, trying to get each other to kind of man up a little bit. And we would do these crazy things. And then it'd be like, okay, why don't you go to that lady over there and ask her if you can hold her purse for a little while. Just see what she says. You know, just get used to rejection, man, because it'll toughen you up. The problem with that is, 
You know, you think, well, maybe that would work, right? If I'm rejected like a hundred times, that'll make me stronger. I, I think it doesn't make us stronger. I think it makes us callous. So I, I've been going to the gym, and, and one of the things that I've noticed when I'm, I'm lifting weights is it was tearing my hands up. I mean, these, you know, dumbbells and stuff. I mean, I was getting blisters, and, and it was just really bad and nasty. And I'm like, I don't know what to do about this. So one day I was up there, and I saw this other guy, and he had a pair of workout gloves. So I was like, okay, that's a good idea. So I went to, you know, Academy Sports, whatever, and I got a pair of these gloves, and they're kind of padded, they, but they look, man, they look so rad. I mean, <laughs> I put these on. You know I'm serious right now. You know, I put these on. But, uh, but anyway, they're padded, so it's like all of a sudden I, I can lift weights, and I, I don't have any pain anymore because it's, it's really helped me. And I'm looking, and I'm like the only dude up there that wears these, me and this, like, this old guy, and we're the two guys that wear gloves. And so I'm looking around, and I'm trying to figure out, like, why is nobody else wearing them? And the only, and I've, I've come, it's, it's either one of two things. It's either that these guys don't lift very often, and so when they do, they just, they don't care. Or they lift so often that they're just, their hands are calloused, and they don't feel it. What I, what I think, and what I see in Scripture, what we're going to look at today, is I think it's so important for us in our relationships, as we interact with, not, not only in dating or marriages, but in our you know, relationships with our coworkers, our friends, our people that we meet, is not to allow ourselves to become hardened, not to become callous where we don't feel, but to have thick skin, where I'm in a healthy place that I know how to deal with rejection in a healthy way. And I, I'll be honest with you, I am a recovering people pleaser. And when I say recovering, I mean I'm probably really not doing that good at recovering I'm a people pleaser and that's kind of my my problem and and I just I just don't want to upset people and I don't really know anybody that like makes that their goal in life I just want to tick people off and I don't care who likes me some people may say oh I don't care if people I don't care what people think about me but even by saying that aren't you really admitting that you do care what people think about you because you say that you don't anyway (laughs) but but people will say to me occasionally They'll say, you know, Brandon, you know, that's, that's one of the great things about you. And love, love working with you or love talking about stuff because you're so flexible. You're just so flexible. And you know what I hear in that is, yeah, I'm, I, I bend. <laughs> because there are many, many times where I can have a strong opinion about something and be very confident in something like, no, 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 this is, this is what we need to do. But I've recognized one of my faults, one of my weak points, is that I will bend, I will flex in order to avoid rejection. And maybe some of you feel that same way. You say, you know, I, I don't want to upset anybody. I don't want to face the sting of rejection. So I'll just, even though I felt this way, I'll kind of, you know, go with the flow or whatever. I won't, you know, won't, uh, maybe I'll make a little compromise. I'll be willing to back down because I don't want somebody to, to reject me. I'm just going to speak some truth to my people out there. If you're, a, if you're a people pleaser like me and you're afraid of rejection, there's two things that I know about us. Approval addicts have an inability to confront. Confrontation, that's the bad, dirty word. We don't, we don't want to go there. No, 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 we'd rather, just, we'd rather just go home and kick the dog or whatever, you know, go outside and scream and yell or whatever into a pillow, whatever. Because I, I, I'm, I'm afraid to confront, even, even in a healthy way. I don't want to be rejected. And approval addicts, they give in, but inwardly they're angry and resentful. 
So you may come off looking real flexible. Some of you guys, and I, I know that there's a lot of you out there that you're like me. And everybody thinks, oh, they're so great. I mean, that's the thing I hear. Oh, we love working with you. You're great to work with. But I know, yeah, well, I want to punch you in the face. <laughs> you keep making me back down from what I know we need to be doing. And maybe you say, well, no, 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 that's, that's not me. That's not me. I'm not like that. But maybe you come off as tough. We may call you crusty. You know, I'm kind of a little hard around the edges or cold or people perceive you as difficult because that's your way of coping with that. As you say, well, rejection may come, so I'm just going to be closed off, throw up some walls and be real hard and, and cold and distant. And it may surprise you to know that the Bible says a lot about the things that motivate us, why we do the things that we do and how we do it. And one of those places is in, is in Proverbs chapter 29. It says, fearing people. Or, or the fear of being rejected. Fearing people is a dangerous trap. But trusting the Lord means safety. Now that's a good, let, let that one kind of wash over you just a little bit. Fearing people, the fear of rejection is a dangerous, dangerous trap. It'll trip you up. But trusting the Lord means safety. I think about a number of people who would say, I have been stuck in an abusive relationship. For way, way, way too long. And I just, I just stay there. Why do you, and you say, well, why would you stay? Why would you stay? Why? Well, I'm afraid of rejection. I can't leave. And I don't want them to leave me. I, I just don't, I can't, I, I don't want that pain in my life. You know, the, it's the fear of people, the fear of rejection. They'll do crazy things to us. People who've been working their butts off, going through the steps of recovery, trying to stay sober and clean, trying to get their life on the right path, and then they get around some of those old friends. And people are like, hey, you know, come on, you know, you're one of us. You have a little bit. It's no big deal. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, aren't you one of us? And, and that fear of rejection, it's a dangerous trap. Next thing you know, you're right back in that hopeless place again because it's such a dangerous place to be. I was studying this past week, and I, I realized that when we, when we feel rejected, we typically respond in one of two ways. And you kind of summarize them this way. One, one, there's these patterns that I think we all fit into. And it's either, the first one is, well, it's, it's not me, it's them. You know, they, they rejected me. Well, I know that, I know that nothing's wrong with me. I, I, I can't think of anything that's wrong with me. I mean, I'm put together and I... I try, and I, I think I'm an okay person, so it must be them. And we say things like, well, they're, they're just a jerk. You know, she's just, she's just too demanding, or they're just crazy. It's not, it's not me, it's them. And we kind of think that to cope. But then the other, on the flip side, is the idea of the pattern of, well, I, I don't think it's them, so it must be me. And we internalize, we point the finger at ourselves, and you know, that, that leads to self-loathing. That's the, that's the idea of, well, I've been to three job interviews, and nobody called me back. So I, I guess I'm just terrible, and, and nobody wants me, and I just give up. I just give up. It's, it can't be them, it must be me. This person said, they don't want to be in a relationship with me, they don't want to be my girlfriend, boyfriend, so there must be something wrong with me. Well, who would want to be with me anyway, you know? You, you, you can follow that trail where it goes. Fearing people is a dangerous trap. But trusting the Lord means safety. 
we find a safe place to land. And since we're talking about people skills and looking, the, looking at the character of Jesus, you know, I wondered this week, well, how did Jesus deal with rejection? What did he do? And, and certainly he faced it. He faced more rejection than any of us would ever face in a thousand lifetimes. He faced it over and over and over again. And there's one passage I want us to look at in Mark chapter 6. And Jesus has been teaching. He's, you know, this ministry is just getting up and just getting rolling. And all of a sudden, he's, he's got some followers. People are starting to really pay attention to what he's saying. He's performing these miracles. He's doing these wonderful things, these wonderful signs. People are being healed. And it says that Jesus left this one part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. So he's back. He's back in his old stomping ground. This is where he grew up. Everybody there knows who he is. It's a small town. So everybody knows everybody, and he's back in town. He's back home. And it says that the next Sabbath, he began teaching in his home church, in the synagogue there, and many who heard him were amazed. And you think, oh, good. Yeah, they're amazed because they're like, oh, wow, look, old Jesus, little Jesus, we remember Jesus, and look how much he's grown. Look what he's doing. Isn't this great? But that wasn't why they were amazed. It says, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? And then they scoffed, and they said, He's just a carpenter. Oh, this guy, I mean, what? what is this? This is like blue-collar Jesus? Like, man, he didn't even go to college. He graduated high school and just out there running around. Come on, isn't this guy, he's, he's the son of Mary, right? Remember Mary? Didn't she like, wasn't that like a teenage pregnancy type thing? We don't know what happened. She just miraculously, whoo, she's pregnant. We, that's kind of weird. We know what he comes from. The brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. We know those guys. And those boys, they, they would get in my yard. They, I kept saying, get off my lawn, you guys. And they just kept coming around and breaking stuff and messing with stuff. And we know these people. And his sisters live here right among us. He said they were deeply offended. And they refused to believe him. In other words, they rejected him. Like, come on, man. Don't come around here trying to peddle that stuff. We, we know who you are and what's going on. These people, many of them are very close to Jesus. They'd known him a long time. He'd known them a long, long time. These are people he grew up with that are rejecting him. Like, come on. We're not going to take you serious. It's hard not to care what people think. And some of you, this is, this is where you're at right now. Let me just talk to you that, that you have... Maybe you grew up and you didn't know the Lord for a long time. And as an adult, you made a decision. You said, man, I need the Lord. I need Jesus. And you've given your life to him. And you, you're experiencing that right now. You've got people in your life that maybe even family members. People have known you forever. And like, oh, come on. This is an act, right? Like, are, are you, how long are you going to keep this up? Are you on that Jesus kick now? Like, what's going on, man? Come on, come on. And you're feeling the same weight of that. It's, it's really hard to be in that position. I know so many great people today. Young people, I mean, we, we see them coming up through the church. And you get to meet these different kids and young adults. And they, they, they say, man, I just want to please the Lord. Like, I, I want, you know, we get, we get excited. We're getting ready to send a group of middle schoolers to camp today. We're going to go out to, to church camp just this afternoon. And I'm so excited for those kids, and they get there, and they get fired up, and they hear this great teaching, and they come home, and they say, man, I just want, I just want what God wants for me. 
I want to do what God wants for me in, in regards to the way I live my life, in regards to my sexual purity, in regards to the choices that I make. And yet somewhere along the way, it, it, is, it is so, you know, there's a pressure, there's, there's this compromise. And I just give it away. I just give it away. Because I'm so worried about what somebody else might think about me. I'm so worried about what somebody at school is going to say or what somebody in the workplace is going to say or what the person across the street is going to say. And, you know, you just, you just adapt that to your situation. The fear of people is a dangerous trap. How many people do we know that their lives have been destroyed, been ruined because of these destructive decisions that they've made simply because they didn't want someone to think badly of them? They didn't want somebody to say, oh, look at you. The fear of people is a dangerous, dangerous trap. People spend hours on their body, their hair, their image, their face, and they're like, please like me. <laughs> if I buy this, will you like me? You know, if I, if I go to these kind of restaurants, will you like me? If I have this kind of car, if I go into crazy debt and I've got like a $1,200 a month car payment, will you then like me? You know, if I, if I make compromises, if I join this club, if I compromise my integrity, if I don't do what I know is really important, and I bend my life around the fear of rejection, will you then like me? And then will that finally scratch the itch? I know so many people that are trying to live for the approval of others. So I know people and people in this church that you still to this day, man, you are living for the approval of your mom or your dad, and they've been dead for 10 years. And you're still living, trying to gain their approval. And we do this. We bend our lives around the fear of rejection. Because I just need somebody to validate me. I need somebody to speak into my life and tell me that I'm enough. Won't somebody, anybody, tell me that I'm good? Fear of man. Fearing people is a dangerous trap. We develop patterns around that. You know, well, it's not me, it must be them. Or, well, it's not them, it must be me. And we'll, we, will, we will navigate our entire lives bouncing from fear to fear. I just don't want anybody to think badly of me. Maybe you're like me and you come off as flexible. Or maybe you're that super nice person. You're just Mr. Smiley Pants and everybody just loves you. And everybody, man, aren't they just great? And you, oh, yeah, that's your reputation. You're just a great guy. You're just a great lady. Everybody just loves you and you're just so nice. But you know when you go home, you're like, man, I am ticked off. That's not the real me. But I do that or I try to get out ahead of it. And kind of move the pieces around and, and because I want to know what's coming. And I'm, this is my way of avoiding rejection in every situation. Because truthfully, and I, I want us to get how deeply we will, what we will do to try to avoid this pain. We will bend our lives around it. We will structure everything around that strategy so that we can avoid the pain. What did Jesus do? He was rejected. How did he deal with that? He's not calloused. You know, he, he's, he's not, it's not that he doesn't feel it. But he does have thick skin. Uh, what, what did he do? Let's look, look back at this scripture and see what happened. He's rejected by these people. And it says in the next verse that he told them, he just said to whoever was listening, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. In other words, he's just saying, yep, this happened. He's just admitting that, well, I've been rejected. 
And he says, and because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. What I see there is he just, he acknowledged the situation as it existed. He's not trying to pretend that it's not real. He's just saying, this is, this is the deal. This is where I'm at. This is what's happening around me. He's saying, hey, you can't win them all. You can't win them all. A prophet will never be accepted in his own hometown. Here's a thought for you. We're all driven by this to a, to a degree or another. All of us. We, we all feel this. What will people think? What if, what if we didn't bend our lives around it? What if, what if we didn't strategize and try to avoid the pain? What if we didn't run? What if we didn't run from it? What if instead of running, we embraced it? And we said, you know what? People are going to reject me from time to time. And I've got to have thick enough skin to be able to deal with that and to stay on task. What if we endured and persevered? This is what we see with Jesus. How did he cope with it? Verse 6, it says he was amazed at their unbelief. I, I was looking into that word this past week. I'm like, what, what is that word? You know, looking back in the original text, it's written in the Greek language. What was that word? What was he saying? It's the word thumatso, which means to, to marvel at or, or to, to wonder. Literally, the way I would translate that is Jesus looked at what was going on and he just said, wow. Wow. That's what he did. He's healing people. He's teaching. He's doing these incredible things. Some of these people that were the closest to him, that had known him his whole life, they rejected him. And he just kind of looked at the situation and he said, huh, Wow. So this is a thing. This is where we're at. Wow. That's what he did. And then it says, then Jesus went from village to village teaching the people. That's the next part of the verse. He went from village to village teaching the people. In other words, he moved on. And he stayed on mission. He said, I'm not going to be knocked off mission. I'm not going to be knocked off course. I'm not going to question myself or doubt. He, he didn't say, well, it's, it's not me. It's them. These people are nuts. They're crazy. Uh, you know, what's wrong with you guys? He didn't do that. And he didn't say, well, it must be me. I, I don't know. I guess I'm not doing something right. I don't know what I need to do to improve. He didn't do either one of those. He just said, wow, this is the situation. Now I'm moving on. And that's what he did. I love the story about one of the greatest evangelists of modern history, G. Campbell Morgan. Uh, really, really great guy. True story, though. In 1888, he had to stand before this panel of, you know, theology experts, preachers, whoever they were, this, this group of people that would, and he had to preach in front of them. And then they would basically give you the seal of approval. Say, okay, yep, you're good. You, you have our blessing. You can go out and you can preach and you can minister to people. And so they would, they would uh, hopefully, you know, he, they would get that stamp of approval and go on. But he was preaching his heart out. He preached for these three guys. And at the end of the day, they would post a list of all the guys that had preached, either accepted or rejected. And G. Campbell Morgan, he, he went and he looked for his name on the accepted list. And it wasn't there. He was, he was on the rejected list. Some of you know that feeling. When you have poured your heart and soul into something and you just know that you know that you know this is who I am, this is what I've called to be, this is what I want to do, this is what my passion is. And you pour everything you got into it. And despite all your best efforts, somebody looked at you and said, nah, it's not not good enough you can't do that 
You know, maybe somebody said, I wish I never had you. You know, I wish that, wish that you would go away. You're not welcome here. You know, we don't need you here. You know, we don't have a place for you. This guy, G. Campbell Morgan, he was crushed. He looked on that second list, and there his name was as one who was rejected. So he's devastated. He, he sent his dad a telegram, and it simply had one word on the telegram. It just said, rejected. And what I, what I love about the story is a few days later, his father sent a telegram back to him. And, uh, and he, he claims that this message, it was this telegram from his father that changed his life forever. It simply said, rejected by man, accepted by God. And that's it. The fear of people is a dangerous trap. The trusting in the Lord means safety. That's where I want to fall. That's where I want to land is not, not so concerned or worried about what this person or that person may think. But what is, when God looks at my life, when he looks at your life, what does he see? And is he pleased? Because if he is, that's more than enough. You know, I'm going to be rejected by people. You will too. If you're following after Jesus, the Bible promises us that. It says you're going you're to face rejection. You're going to face these problems if you're following after Jesus. Isaiah 53 says this about it. This is written hundreds of years before Jesus was born. It says that there was nothing beautiful or magnificent about his appearance. Nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness that he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought that his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. Jesus was rejected for everything you could possibly ever be rejected for. I mean, just in that one scripture alone, we, we, he's rejected for how he looked. He was rejected for who his friends were. He was rejected for who his friends weren't. He was rejected for the message that he spoke. He was rejected for the crowds that he attracted. He was rejected for the crowds that were turned, turned off by him. He, he was rejected by his own people at every level. He was rejected by people that weren't his own people. The Roman world around him. And it looked at, on the, on the cross as Jesus was dying... And his, some of his last words when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It looked like he was rejected by God. He's rejected in every single way. But it was in that moment, in the moment of his death, when his purpose was complete. Because in that moment, what he did is he took all of our rejection upon himself so that you could be accepted by God. So that we could stand before God right. Not because of anything we've done. This is the thing that we all wrestle with. We just got this something about our nature that I want to show God that I can be good enough. I can be good enough. I can be who you need me to be. I can do what you need me to do, and you'll never get there. You'll have some success, but then you'll have lots of failures. But Jesus comes along, and he says, I have borne all of your sins on myself so that you can be forgiven, free, whole, accepted by God. It was on the cross that Jesus guaranteed that we would never, ever, ever be rejected by our Heavenly Father. And that He accepts us 
He welcomes us into community. He welcomes us into relationship with him. He wants to make us right. And he wants us to be able to develop some thick skin. That by his spirit that we will be able to weather the problems, the storms. That we won't, we won't freak out every time there's something negative that comes our way in our life. But that we, will, we won't be calloused. But we'll have some thick skin. And say, Lord, I know that you're in control and you've got me. And whom have I in heaven but you? And that that's enough. I, I just hope that you're encouraged by that. I, I want you to know that this is a, a lifelong battle. To not let that voice cut us off. To not let that voice of rejection to stop us from what God has set us to do. So if we pursue healthy relationships, as we pursue, you know, developing and maturing and becoming more like Jesus, as we pursue the ministry, you know, things that he calls us into, you know, even going across the street to talk to our neighbor, to share our faith, invite someone to, hey, come to, come to church with me, all those things, that we would continue to pursue that and have a little bit of thick skin to know that he's got us. And we may be rejected from pe- by people, but we'll never be rejected by God. So today, as we wrap things up, I've got one more question that I, I want you to wrestle with today as you leave here. We have some volunteers at the door that are going to give you one of these car ride questions. And again, in case you missed it, the, the point of these is that you wait till you get in the car. And then when you get in the car to leave, whether you go in a restaurant, you're going home, whatever you're going to do today, open it up and read it out loud and everybody in the car answer the question. And don't fight. <laughs> Don't get mad at each other. I don't think this one's, I don't think this one would be pretty hard to get mad at each other. But uh, I hope that it's a discussion. I hope it's an opportunity for you guys to just go a little bit deeper and say, you know what? I I don't want to be a surface believer in Jesus. I don't want to just live there in this like surfacey, like, yeah, we go to church on Sunday mornings, but that's about it. But I want to grow some roots. I want Jesus to define my life. And what does that look like? So I hope that you guys will just take the time and, and really invite the Lord just into your life and allow him to lead you and allow him to define you. Let me pray for you. Father, just thank you so much for loving us always and for being uh, just continually, continually pursuing us. Lord, I pray for those today that are feeling, even now, just a li- our, our shoulders are a little slumped. We feel a little bit beat up and tired and bruised in here today because the world has a way of just knocking us around. Lord, just lift us up a little bit. Encourage our hearts. Lord, I know that in your presence there is nothing but joy and peace. Lord, help us to feel that. Help us to just be sensitive to your spirit today, to know that you are with us, you are on our side, and that nothing, nothing is too much, nothing is impossible for you. So, Lord, as we leave here today, go with us and help us to walk with confidence. Help us to have some thick skin and to be resilient in the face of rejection. And we ask all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you next Sunday.